Welcome to the Right Wing Vegan Podcast, Tuesday edition. I'm Scott, and I want to start today by examining the COVID relief bill. That's what they're calling this bill, the COVID relief bill. I just want to, I just want to point out some of the items that are in this bill. Um, because I'm very curious and I would love to hear how this is COVID relief. I specifically want to know. Okay, so let's see. We got $21,000 for federal employees to stay home. Okay. You also have $25,000 bonus for state government workers. So, so $25,000 bonus for state government workers. That's really interesting. I don't think that's $25,000 per person, right? That's probably a $25,000 total so that each state worker, certain state workers or whatever, could get a really small bonus. That's what I'm thinking. That is fine. I whatever. Okay, that's. Here's where it gets real egregious. Fifty million dollars to Planned Parenthood. Why are we giving fifty million dollars tax dollars to Planned Parenthood? Why? Why are we doing that? What in the world does Planned Parenthood have to do with COVID? What? Nothing. The answer is nothing. You know why they want to give $50 million to Planned Parenthood? Because Planned Parenthood supports Democratic candidates. So you throw them a bone. You give them $50 million. That's our tax dollars, by the way. That when they say our tax dollars are going to fund abortions, there it is, right there, right in the COVID relief bill, right? $50 million going to Planned Parenthood so that more babies can be slaughtered. That's okay, though. We're all right with that. As long as, you know, because those babies might grow up and be adults who would, who would say horrible things on Twitter. So we're actually doing the world a favor. Because, you know, you'd, you'd rather kill the baby than them grow up to be mean on Twitter. That, that you know, balance, it's obviously a balancing act. And the, and the more egregious crime here is not the murder of the child. It's the potential words that the child could utter on a useless social media app. That's that's it's a balancing act. We got to punish those people who, who say bad things on Twitter. Here's another egregious one. Two hundred million dollars for museum and library services. What? What? Why are we? Why? This just seems like a waste of money. $270 million for the Endowment for Arts and Humanities. Okay. Is this the most, this is the most egregious maybe. $600 million for San Francisco. Why in the hell are we giving $600 million to San Francisco? What has, what has San Francisco done to earn $600 million? They, they, San Francisco is so poorly run that the money that they've had has been managed in such a bad way that it's in the state that it's in. San Francisco is not in the state that it's in for lack of funds. It's in the state that it's in because the funds that they had were not managed or balanced properly. So why in the world would we give them more money to mismanage? Who thinks that's a good idea and why do they think that's a good idea? And why, when I, why are we calling this the COVID relief bill? $600 million for San Francisco and for what? And for what? So they can do what with? Drive more of their citizens out so that more homeless people can move in? $1.5 billion for Amtrak. $12 billion in foreign aid. Meanwhile, you're only going to get $1,400. And that's if, if you make under the income threshold. 
And, and actually, uh, let me rephrase that. Not if you currently make under the income threshold, you know, because maybe you lost your job because of COVID. But if you happen to have made less than the income threshold last year, when you still had a job prior to COVID shutting your, your place of employment down. Well, I'm sorry, not COVID shutting your place of employment down. Your poor government who mismanaged COVID shutting your place of employment down. But we're going to, don't worry about, don't worry. We're giving $12 billion to foreign countries though. How about this? $15 billion for illegal immigrant eligible healthcare. We got to give healthcare to these illegal immigrants who shouldn't be in this country in the first place, right? Absolutely. We should provide them with healthcare. Sure. Oh, wait, hey, who are you, uh, Mr. Hardworking American, to tell Juan that he can't have free surgery uh, because he snuck into this country illegally. Well, who are you to tell Juan that? Juan, Juan gave, you know, Juan sacrificed a lot to get here. He gave his kids to some coyote so that he could get here because he needs that surgery and you need to pay for it. Who, how dare you, you American? who lost his job this year because of COVID? How dare, because some governor decided to shut you down? How dare you complain? Juan needs his surgery. Juan's an American too, sort of. $111 billion for welfare without work requirements. So that's interesting. Hmm. Let's just hand money out because the government wants more people sucking off the teat. And $350 billion to bail out Poorly managed states. My goodness. I wonder how the folks in Texas. I wonder how the folks in South Carolina, whose state is managed pretty darn well. I wonder how they feel about their tax dollars going to California. Or Oregon. Or Washington. Or New Jersey. Or New York. Or any of these states that are run incredibly poorly. Bad decisions by their governments, by these Democrat government officials who constantly win elections because they've rigged the system or changed the rules so much that they just churn and burn, baby. They just keep getting in, keep getting in, keep getting in. And now it's Missouri's job to bail these states out. It's Missouri's job to send money to California because they can't manage a budget. If I, I tell you what, if I were Texas, I would go ahead and push for secession because what you're, how are you not better off on your own when the other states in this country that are so poorly run are just stealing money from you and your constituents, your citizens, that tax, that tax money could go right back into Texas and make Texas a greater state than it already is. But no, no, the citizens of Texas are responsible for the citizens of California. So we obviously have to go ahead and, and bail their bad governments out. Why not? Just so that they can continue to elect these buffoons who put them in the positions that they're in in the first place. I mean, you're in a position where you need money. You ever stop and think about how you got there? Or do you just go, no, 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 we'll just solve the problem by throwing more money at it. More money for what, your governor to, to spend on, on social programs that just don't work? Is that where we're at? felt like it was pretty important that we start with that because I want you to know what's in this bill. This bill is going to pass. And you are going to get potentially get $1,400. Good for you. But all of this money, all of this additional money, where's it going? Well, $1,400 for you and $600 billion for California. So that's great. It's fantastic. Uh, I want to start our conversation about critical race theory out today. 
by examining why people are buying into this. And that is a deep, deep question that I am not going to be able to answer. I am not going to be able to answer in 20 minutes. 20 minutes. I don't have the time to answer that question. It is deep. It is deep, son. Deep. And, you know, I don't, I, I think, I think you could step back. And you could ask why human beings make the decisions that they make in the first place. Let's look at some of the dumber choices that we've made uh, as a society. We know abortion takes lives. We know, you know, at the very least, and I don't believe this, but at the very least, it's debatable whether or not that's a life. And we, we err on the side of killing it for convenience to the mother. Why do we make that decision? That sounds like an awful decision. It sounds like any sound, reasonable human being could say we should err on the side of caution. If that's a life, we need to preserve that life. Why are we never concerned about the rights of the unborn? And and, and why is it that someone who I, who I consider to be a good person... Um, why would they support that? Why, why would they support that? And a lot of it is framing. And a lot of it is framing. And we'll get into that. So we are, we are pretty susceptible to manipulation, okay? We as human beings are pretty susceptible to manipulation. Now, whether or not that we are, we are self-manipulating, we're manipulating the, the way that our brains process information that we get, which does happen. You can pick and choose how your brain processes certain information. You can create your own biases, and you can operate off of those biases, right? That's 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 obvious, okay? That's why so many people can can see a truth, like for instance, the fact that there was a lot of impropriety with the election, and completely ignore that and pretend like it doesn't exist, because you can get information and already be framed. You know, you can frame that information yourself or that information can be fed to you already framed. It's already packaged up so that you, your brain will process that information in a certain manner, right? Individuals who study humans, who understand the human brain, understand how we perceive emotion and, and, and information and how we process that, how our brains work. They are hired by, I mean, no joke, they are hired by companies to create advertisements that will manipulate you. That's just truth. And if in these messages, these high-level messages that have a goal outside of what their stated goal is, they are packaged in a way to be presented to you so that your brain processes it in a certain way. They are framed by those who are presenting the information to you to make you think that you are doing the right thing. They'll throw big words at you that you don't understand, and then they will provide definitions to you of those words. They will frame the word to use it in a way that you will not understand it, and then provide you with that definition. They will guilt you. They will play off of your emotion because we are emotional creatures. We act off of emotion. And they know that. They will take advantage of that. And for many of us, we have a desire to be a hero. We have a complex where we want to be heroic. 
And we are not brave. We are not strong. We are not capable of being heroic in the traditional sense. So we challenge ourselves. We try and think about the least amount of effort. This is just true of the human condition. I'm sorry if you don't believe this, but there are plenty of examples of it. So I want to feel like I am doing something without actually doing it. And critical race theory This Black Lives Matter movement gives you the opportunity to do that because as a white woman with two children who sits at home most of the day, I can put a little black square on Instagram and get all kinds of um, doting from my friends for doing so. And that makes me feel like I'm making a difference. I am a hero. I am a hero. You know? So that's part of it. We want to feel heroic, and this gives us the, the, the ability to do so. We carry a lot of guilt because we all do bad things. So we're constantly looking for a way to repent almost, right? Whether you're religious or not, you're constantly looking for a way to feel better about the bad things that you do in life. And critical race theory outright says you're a bad person, but guess what? You can't help that. It gives us an excuse. You can't help that you're a bad person because you were born that way, right? These are just high-level reasons as to why, okay? Why do, we buy, why do we buy this stuff that's fed to us? Well, some of us know how to combat that. Some of us know how to identify framing. Some of us know how to look at what's being presented to us and peel back that layer to find out what's really inside. Some of us are aware of how to do that. We've been taught how to critically analyze information that we are being given, but many of us are not taught that. We're not taught that. Or we're taught to do that in a way that is manipulated by the individuals who are selling us this information. And no one, by the way, is immune to this. No one. Do you want to know how I know that? Because churches are being infected with this critical race theory. Churches. An example here, I found a website for a church that discusses why being colorblind is is bad. Um, uh, The argument, and I'll read it directly from the website, I would quote it. It's uh, You know what I will? It's freethinkingministries.com. And the funny thing is this article actually argues against critical race theory. But then it does so in a way that excuses critical race theory. And the article says that being colored, you know, the article makes two points that maybe I agree and disagree with. The first is that our identity matters. Um, and they, they look at this from a biblical standpoint. We'll, we'll read what they say here. Um, you know, they're right. Our, our identity is not found in our skin tone, gender, economic status, or otherwise. That, that's absolutely true. Uh, our identity is found in nowhere else. That is, the, this is all absolute truth. I, I think most of this article is good. This is a good article. There's just one paragraph that I really disagree with here, and I, I think it's important to discuss. All are things that make us individually unique and in their own ways glorify God. Our identity, however, isn't found in these physical features as critical race theory asserts, but in Christ alone. Critical race theory focuses incorrectly on one's identity as being derived or found in such features. So I want to I want to talk about this because this article is absolutely correct. 
critical race theory almost takes all of these characteristics that are unique to you or unique to me or were gathered, learned by the life that you've lived, okay? We're taught at a young age that we're equal, and this isn't true. And it's actually, I think, a little bit of why we are in the position that we're in. We are not born equal, okay? Equal opportunity, sure. You know, there's no limit to how successful or how big of a failure you can be. But at the same time, to say that Prince Harry was born equal to me, that that's not true. Prince Harry was born into wealth. I was born with a father who didn't want me. Um you know, and a young mom who, who was struggling, had to drop out of high school to raise me. To say that me and Harry started this world on the same level, that's, that's false. That's a falsehood. But the truth is, you know, and this is where critical race theory fails. Critical race theory would say that Harry and I did start out on the same level because we are both white and both of us had an advantage over other individuals who are born into this world. So let's say LeBron James has a child. Well, LeBron James's child is born into the world with more struggles than my child because of the color of their skin. Well, we know, looking at using logic, that is simply not true. LeBron James is a very, very wealthy man who can provide infinitely for his child he can raise his child the way that he wants he could stop working today and just completely raise his his child up uh, lebron james would be afforded all of the opportunities to put his kids through the best schools yada 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 it has nothing to do with his skin color just because my child is born white it doesn't give my child any advantage over lebron james's child as a matter of fact it would be vice versa the color of your skin does not matter. It is, it is the, probably the most insignificant part of your identity, um, especially uh, in determining how successful you will be in life. The truth is, it's class, right? It all goes back to class. But critical race theory was designed so that you wouldn't make these connections right they want you to think it's based off of race they do not want you to come to the real conclusion the real conclusion being it is class-based because then you'll start to question you know our class system you'll start to question why and the billionaires do not want you to do that. They don't want you to frame this from the standpoint of why are the rich so powerful and how do the poor or the middle class take back some of that power from the rich? That is the last thing they want you to do. So they throw this critical race theory and they convince you that you are actually in power. You actually have power because you're white. You don't need to question the billionaires. Don't worry. You have power because you're white. And that's, that's what they want you to think, because it deters you from asking the, the real questions. Now, this article goes on to talk about how being colorblind is a bad thing. And I actually disagree with that. I disagree with that, because, again, I believe that the color of your skin literally is the, the 
lowest form of your identity as a human. You're a human being. You're an American. You're a patriot. You are a, a member of the working, you know, individuals of this country. You are part of society. Your color has no bearing on that. Um, you know, in that, in terms of that, we are equal because we're human beings. So there, we are equal. We're equal in in, in the eyes of Christ. Right. That's what matters. So, so the argument that we shouldn't be colorblind because we should, we should embrace the differences that God made in you and me. Okay, maybe, sure, but but I'm not going to look at you any different because you're black. You know, to me, you are a human being first, and a black person, seventy fifth. I couldn't care less. And the idea that we should shouldn't be colorblind is essentially racist because it says that you know we should realize the similarities in the individuals who share the same skin color as us. And when you start to realize similarities, you know, that's how you make friends. You make friends based on similarities. I make friends because we both like Call of Duty and now we're friends. We both play it. When I start to go, I make friends because we're white. Well, that's racist. That's racist, isn't it? But you have to understand, individuals who cannot make these connections, who refuse to make these connections, or who are so brainwashed already that these connections are just foreign to them, this is where, you know, reality, people who are, who, are, who are willing to challenge the narrative becomes so important. Because just because you can make a connection between A and B does not mean everybody can. It's critically important. And we're going to examine more of that in our next episode. So tomorrow's Wednesday. It's going to be Scripture Wednesday tomorrow. We'll find a piece of scripture we're going to talk about it. But then when we come back to critical race theory, we're going to start talking about it in the eyes of the church. And we're going to take a hard look at how the church has been infected by critical race theory and what you can maybe do to, to stop this. But I want to thank you guys for listening today. really appreciate it. Uh, that is all we have for you. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I will see you guys tomorrow.